Welcome everyone to this week's podcast. Now, I've been doing something a little different. I've been diving into the archives over on my Instagram and looking at all the interviews that I've done with other professionals. And I thought I would mix it up a little bit and turn them into podcasts because a lot of those lives have been very popular and interesting and I wanted to make it easier for other people to find and listen to. So this week I have got an audio uh, that I did with Suzanne the Batch Lady. Some of you may have heard of her, um, some of you know that I follow her and I've also recommended to her to many of the clients that I work with. Suzanne explains to us what exactly she does, why and how. Batching, being the core of it, is something that has honestly saved my world over prepping and thinking what to make for the family week meals and has saved me so much time um, and stress. Suzanne has been on the sofa with Philip and Holly on this morning. She's written cookbooks and has amazing videos and reels every day over on her Instagram, all to help with you with your family meals. Batching is an art and it is an easy art with Suzanne's amazing family recipes. Uh, like I said, you can find them on her website and in her cookbooks. I'll put all the links to, um, to find her in the show notes below and enjoy the audio, everyone. Hello everybody, I'm Rachel Wilson, I am a paediatric sleep consultant and today, super exciting, I am going live with Suzanne, the batch lady, so I'm just waiting for her to find me and join in and we're going to be talking all about batching and making your life easier in the kitchen. Um, a lot of us mums and parents who are, whether we're working or not, we don't find a huge amount of time to spend in the kitchen cooking meals. And certainly in um, lots of families that I come across and encounter, especially when weaning starts, we always struggle to, hi Suzanne, I can see you've joined in. Um, well, I'll wait for Suzanne to join and then we can start chatting properly. You request, let's hope, go live. It's going to work. All the suspense. There she is. Hello. Yay. Hi, Suzanne. How are, How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. Yeah, very good. Thanks for having me. No, you're very, very welcome. I'm, I'm super excited. Everybody says they're always excited when they go live on Instagram. I am actually excited. <laughs> <laughs> so um, hopefully um, we will get through a lot today. We don't want to uh, chat too much because we could be here for hours and hours talking about batching um, but if you'd like to introduce yourself tell us who you are and what you do and then we'll we'll get into the nitty-gritty of it all. Perfect just going to bring you down a little bit so I can see you. Yeah so my name is Suzanne Mulholland a lot of people on Instagram or Facebook know me as the Batch Lady and I am the author of the Batch Lady series of cookbooks yes <laughs> and um and yeah, so I talk about everything to do with batch cooking and it's a very modern batch cooking. So um, it's got lots, there's lots of modern recipes and it's really about helping busy parents who don't have time to cook in that witching hour that we all know oh and gosh, yeah. love between sort of 5 and 7 p.m., which is not the time love. I want to make a meal from scratch. <laughs> so it's about being organized in advance and um, sort of like preempting the day before it starts. Yeah, exactly. So just when I um, just when I went live, I was waiting for you. I was saying that certainly in my, you know, I'm a parent as well. And I've 
felt that stress that oh my gosh I've got no time to do anything and then I'm going to cook a meal and you know half of them don't want it they don't like it or they're not hungry um, and a lot of the families that I work with especially when it comes to weaning especially the first time round it's really daunting and it's like oh my gosh okay how do we start when do we start what foods do we do and how much of all this food do we need to make it and how do we store it and yeah. certain, you know, with parents who've got like toddlers as well, everyone's like on a different kind of like meal plan and eating different things. What's your thoughts and recommendations when it comes to the weaning and family? Yeah, so um, first I'm just going to put a disclaimer out there. I am just a mum. I am not a nutritional baby expert. So please consult your sort of, you know, your proper, depending where you are That's in the fair. world. Yeah. You know, some people will have different... Um, different countries will have different sort of weaning sort of ages and stuff like that so I'm just going to give you an overall view but um, do consult somebody properly about certain times um, I'm just going to pull up one actually to show you because um, I often say that for me I would say that you um, want your children eating the same as what you eat as a family as soon as possible and I would say sort of starting from not the very early weaning stage when you're just sort of doing um, you know, um yeah exactly mushed up fruit or baby cereals or that sort of thing but as you sort of get into um you know you, you're still mushing everything up you sort of do want to move it to as close to family of what you actually eat that really means that you are stopping fussy eating from the outset if you can get your children to eat what you eat and that's just what you do as a family you don't start with kiddie meals then um then you will be on to a winner they will just be used to eating that food and i would say that um things like so in this book my very first book um there is no salt in any of the recipes and it's all very mild because it's made for families so i do show you on um certain pages that you can just um, mush it down. So for instance, we've got like macaroni cheese here and it shows you three different ways with macaroni cheese. It shows you that as an adult, you can add some lobster into it and some garlic. So you've already, made, so you've already made the macaroni cheese, you put it in your freezer. But then it says here for macaroni for, um, for toddlers and small children and then macaroni cheese for baby food. So what I show you is one recipe. Now I'm taking a very simple one like macaroni cheese, but one recipe and then how you can have that made in advance. And that is what we call your base meal. Okay, right. so it's quite a, um, it's quite, I'll say, a, not bland, but it's not very, you know, you might have a curry as a base meal, but it's not going to be a spicy curry. Then it means that you're all cooking from one pot. You're just taking some out, you're mushing some down. You might have a toddler that you're just chopping some up for. And then whatever you've got left in the pot, I give you little round circles like this. And it says, zhuzh it up, which serve the kids and then zhuzh up yours. You know, add garlic, add some um, lo like lobster from a can. Um, you know, add some more flavors to it. And you are essentially using one base meal and yeah. you are feeding the whole family. That, yeah. is where, that is the modern day batching of being able to um, basically cook really simple, cook far enough in advance and still feed any, everybody from one base meal. Yeah, okay. Now if we're gonna make one base meal, 
where does the batching come into it? So if we're just gonna make one meal, let's say the macaroni and cheese, where does the, the batching come into it and how do we store it all? Yeah, so um, basically what I always say is when you're going to make a meal, so um, you might choose when, like when my kids were tiny, I used to choose a Monday morning when one was at nursery and my baby daughter was having a, her sort of morning nap at nine o'clock. I would get some batching done then because it was a quiet time for me. And um, I would then make, say, three portions of the same thing. One would be for that evening ahead, two would go in the freezer. Um, it's just that is the ultimate way that you want to batch. Whenever you're cooking something, um, you don't want to just cook one portion of it. You want to cook two family portions of it at least. We call it double mm -hmm. bubble. One for now and one, you're being your future friend. So when you wake up in the morning and you have a day that goes to pot, at least you know that you already have your homemade mm -hmm. meal that's going to feed everybody sitting there ready and waiting for you. Oh my gosh, and don't we all know it? And when those days go to pot, you have a plan of what the day is going to look like, and then you know the nap doesn't happen, or someone cancels, or you, shopping is delayed, whatever, and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now for a meal? And they end up just eating, you know, a bit of dry toast or something. But if you've got it all planned, um, you know, when when would you say is the best time? I mean, you, you you did it on like a Monday morning. But maybe some people do it on the weekends when their partners are around and they can look after the kids. How long would you say is it going to take? You know, how long are we going to be in the kitchen for? Okay, so it really depends. I mean, I've got lots of things that you can follow, like you can make 10 meals in an hour, which is making 10 that. similar meals. Um, so say you were making spaghetti bolognese, you can also make chili, you can make burgers, you can make fajitas, all out of the same, almost the same ingredients. And you make five different recipes you double them so you get 10 and it takes an hour now it takes an hour and probably a bit either side by the time you I can now do it in about 23 minutes so I'm like on it um but they are like good basic meals that you can get in your freezer um, and just use whenever you feel like you want a mince based meal a mince beef meal you can think right I've got at least 10 of them in the freezer ready to pull out and so I would say that would be a couple of hours. But if you were only doubling whatever you were making, then literally to double a recipe, if you were making a fish pie and you instead of making one, you made two, it, your first one's going to take you 20 minutes to make and your second one's going to take you five extra minutes. So that's the way to look at batching. You know, that second one is five extra minutes. And then imagine this is my fish pie and it's gone in the freezer. When yeah. you bring it back out, the night that you have that fish pie, remember you don't have a chopping board to wash, you don't have knives to sort out, you don't have your bins to empty, you literally have one pot dish that can go from the freezer straight into the oven and you're washing a dish in some plates. That is where batching comes in really handy and that it's so good for time saving. But I would say going back to your original question is choose the time that's right for you. So I used to batch on a Monday morning because it was my quiet time. It was the start of the week. Um, but now I've got teenagers who sleep until 10 o'clock in the morning on a, on a weekend. So I love a Sunday morning batch cook just to get myself sorted for the week ahead. So I'm now like Sunday morning with Netflix going on in the background and everybody's happily doing their own thing and you can get ready for the week ahead. Crashing around in the kitchen, not waking anyone up, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> or trying well, they not wake to. up. They're teenagers now. There is nothing <laughs> going to wake them up. 
<laughs> okay, so once we've got like our fish pie or our bolognese, the, the foods that we've made, how do we store it? So everything that I show you is stored in the freezer. And it doesn't matter how um, big your freezer is, you can do it with a little three-door freezer as well. But um, I just find your freezer is your friend. When you are a mother with kids, then a freezer just means, one, you're not wasting food. Two, you can cook whenever you want to cook. You do not have to cook when you eat. That's the big thing. You can just cook whenever you want. Yeah. Your, free your freezer is like your remote control for the TV. You remember years ago before we had Netflix and we all used to watch live TV and there was nothing yeah. to do. You just had to sit and watch it. Well, now, you know, your freezer is the same. You, you press, you pause Netflix, you put your stuff in the freezer and you come yeah. back to it whenever you want it. So you're not yeah. having to have cooking and eating at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, everything is stored in the freezer and it's all stored in little bags. Like okay, okay. Now I got the because I know you recommended the IKEA the IKEA little plastic bags. Is there any bags that we can use? Because I'm running out and I do reuse them, but obviously yep. they don't always last. Is it what What are the best bags to be using, and how so, big? Um, so you can use any bags if you want. A family of four, sort of like IKEA or baking foil like this, is about this big. Um, so it's a three liter bag and you right. want to freeze, you want to put your food in it and then um, I've got lots of videos on this on my channel and then press it down and take most of the air out and basically it ends up looking a little bit like a book like this. You freeze it flat, okay? Yeah. So like then what that stacked. means, yeah, you can stack them up so it doesn't take up much room um, but also when you take it out, if it's sealed in a bag and it's a little flat thing like this, it will defrost so much quicker because it's just thinner. It's, you've not sort of like frozen a big chunk of something. Um, dense, I would, yeah. yeah, so I would say you can use plastic bags and they're reusable, bakel foil, IKEA, anything like that. If you don't want to use plastic, you can use sort of like reusable bags like these that wash out as well. Mm -hmm. um, you can get all different kinds of these. So my website basically gives you a starter's guide to different bags and depending on what you want and um, okay. the only thing to say is these bags that are reusable and these bags you never they're not sous vide bags you don't cook in them you remove everything from the bag before you cook yeah so when i i've done some batching i love doing my batching and when i put everything and i can lay it flat to freeze it once it's frozen properly i stack it like that because i've got more space that way <laughs> And I was super uber organized and I wrote down a, you know, a piece of paper and stuck it on the fridge of what's in there. So I could just have a quick glance on the fridge rather than sort of, you know, going through it all. So my friends came over and they looked at the fridge and like, oh my God, Rachel, is, is this, is this real? And I opened up the free, my freezer and I was like, courtesy of the batch lady. Yes. <laughs> well done. Um, yeah. Writing it down is a good way. I mean, that's what we usually say sort of like, as you put something in your freezer, just add it to the list. As yeah. you take something out, just score it off. Score and you off. just have this rolling list that's really easy and it helps you meal plan and it helps you see what you can grab out quick if you need yeah. to. And it does really defrost. I was, it never occurred to me to freeze anything in a bag. I'm all, you know, Tupperware boxes, right? Cupboards full of it. And never occurred to me to freeze all this stuff flat either. And when I started doing it, I was like, oh my gosh, I can get 
double the amount of food in the freezer, if not more. It's just brilliant. And it gets it to frost so much faster. It's brilliant. Yeah. And it's brilliant. if you want to, um, well, one, it stops freezer burn as well. So if you're, if you're defrosting things in Tupperware, then you must leave a gap for the expansion. Um, so yeah. you often get some sort of like freezer burn on the top of that. We're in a bag, you've taken out all the air so you don't get freezer burn. But also we have an, a method called the cold water method, which is you can take something out of your freezer and as long as it's sealed, the water can't touch the food. But as long as it's yeah. sealed, if you put that bag in freezing cold water, so fill your sink up, put it in freezing cold water, within about 15 minutes it will completely defrost. Okay, that was going to be my other question. Like, how do we defrost the food? And is there any foods? I should probably ask one question at a time. How do we defrost the food? And are there any foods that we shouldn't be defrosting? Uh, freezing, sorry. Um, okay, so um, okay, so in terms of defrosting, you can either use a cold water method. You can take it out and put it in your fridge. Um, and leave it to defrost there, or you can defrost using your microwave. So really simple, I mean, couldn't be simpler. And um, the only thing, people often worry about using frozen food. It's really safe to use frozen food. The only thing you have to remember is that you must reheat it until it is piping hot. So if you're serving a baby or a toddler and you've got, say, spaghetti bolognese, you want to cook that until it is piping hot and then allow it to cool. Yeah. and give it to them at the temperature that they need to have it. You can't just heat it to baby temperature. You must heat it all the way. So that's the main point. Um, and things that you can't freeze, you can freeze nearly everything. So you just can't freeze things that have a very high water content, like lettuce, tomatoes, um, okay. and some creamy things don't freeze very well. So um, It kind of separates, doesn't it? Yeah. So basically what I would say to you is you want to follow... Um, recipes um, and you don't need to buy my books you can get lots of free recipes online but you want to follow recipes that are made for the freezer they are tried and tested simply for the freezer so there are recipes out there and recipe books that we would never freeze because they just don't work so you yeah. want to if you're doing this you want to buy batching freezing recipe books and use them because they have been tried and tested. So, for example, if you use some sort of like low-fat um, Philadelphia in a sauce, it will split in the freezer. So you just sort of need to know what you're using. What yeah, use. this, um, one of the favorites in this house is like a creamy tarragon sauce with gnocchi. And they love it. They want it every week. But it doesn't really freeze. And I'd love to find, I've always found it just splits. And then, you know, the gnocchi, it, you, I just can't quite get that right. I suppose you can cook, cook up the gnocchi, it's pretty easy and quickly and add the sauce, but it's never worked that well at all. Yeah, it really just depends what you're using in the sauce. So there's lots of creamy sauces that we freeze that work perfectly, but it does depend the fat content of whatever you're using and stuff like that. So I'm going to um, have a look, look at your recipes and see if I can find one. Yes, or, or give me your recipe just for you, Rachel, and I'll, I'll let you know okay. how it will freeze. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, now, big question here. I did have a couple of questions come through, actually. Um, one of them was about rice. Because this, I remember 20-odd years ago when I was doing my childcare and education qualification in Edinburgh, and we did a food safety module and we were told you know you, if you're cooking rice you need to serve it immediately you can't reheat rice you can't keep it what, i mean this was a long time ago now what's the deal now with cooking and reheating and storing rice 
Yeah, so in the UK, you can freeze rice and you can reheat it. But you have to reheat it only once and you have to heat it till it's hot, very hot. Okay, is that reheating in boiling water or in the microwave or how? However you want to reheat it is absolutely fine. But um, if you look in supermarkets and you walk up and down the freezer aisle, you will see frozen rice in yeah. so many different ways now. So um, it's definitely one that you can, you can freeze and, um, and reheat and use again. So I, I make um, one of the recipes my kids love is um, like a sort of um, egg fried rice. Oh, um, yes. I think it's in my, is it, it's either in my healthy book or the first book, but you can put in lots of peas and veggies through it and chop up various sort of bits of ham and stuff and sort of make it however it suits for your family. But that freeze is great. Um, so yes, no problem with freezing rice. The same as anything else, though, you're just heating it up until it's piping hot. Okay. Now, what about the gluten-free and the dairy-free? Do you, do you have recipes that people can can look at because there's a lot of allergies and intolerances these days and a lot of mums go dairy free because they're breastfeeding and worried about it's causing reflux issues with the babies. Yeah. Um, so we, um, we've got lots on gluten free at the moment. So there's a whole section on that on the website. So you can go and check it out. Um, so there's lots of recipes for that. In terms of dairy free, we're just starting off with those recipes. We right. are finding that things like Otoli are very good as substitutes. For changing um, from your baby free to sort of yeah, so um, we're just testing some work good, some not so good. So we're just starting on that testing. So we're not really there yet, but we should be by end of summer, I'd say. Okay then. Now uh, talking about summer, everyone's starting to get picnic crazy, and we were at the beach at the weekend. I had to quickly make up picnics. Do you have any good ideas, recipes for? batching picnic foods yeah there's tons so you can believe it or not freeze sandwiches now you may really? not want to freeze, yeah yeah no. my kids used to make them up all the time in huge batches and you can freeze them then you take them out and if you put them in a school lunchbox by lunchtime they are perfect they do not go soggy like people think they would they don't go wet yes. Um, they are genius and you can also then put put them in your toasty maker so if your kids love if you've got sort of like toddlers who like to come in and have a toasty at lunchtime after nursery, then um, you can actually just make them all up in advance and they can go straight from frozen into a toasty maker, no problem. Um, but also there's things like quiches are great at freezing and you can make them individually or you can just take slices. It's a really cheap, healthy way to feed sort of family. If, if you can have eggs, it's a great way to do it. Um, and also things like what we call farmer's plats, which are like big sausage rolls that you can put various sort of different fillings in as well. Um, and they, they are just so easily cooked from frozen. You can just, they take like five minutes to make one huge big family one. And then mm -hmm. you can just make, you know, three or four and have them just ready to take out of the freezer and go. Yeah, I did, a, I did one of your sausage rolls last week and... Uh, the only downfall about doing this batching is when you make all this food, you have to hide the one that you want it to freeze away from the family. Because I went back to the kitchen, I was like, where's the other sausage roll that I was going to put in the freezer? And it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's definitely the case for when you, uh, you double a recipe. You want to definitely make sure um, that you... Um, 
that you hide the extra portion, get it in the freezer as quick as possible. And actually, I don't know if I can move your comments down, but one of my mates, the ultimate feeder, she just came and said mini frittatas are very good as well. So um, the ultimate feeder's got a little baby as well. So she's uh, doing lots of baby sort of food. So mini frittatas are um, brilliant okay. food. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected something. I guess it's a bit like a quiche, isn't it, to be able to freeze? But it's definitely opening up my my yeah. world. Because um, I've, been, I've been doing yeah. a lot of in here, but it's, you know, getting lots more ideas, which is really good. And Yeah, little frittata would be brilliant. Because, uh, you just freeze them in little sort of um, cupcake dishes, you know, and oh, pour yeah. them in. Freeze them. And if you, especially if you use a silicon dish, you can just pop them out and then just bag them up. So they're really easy to grab out. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, one big thing that is on all of our minds is the cost. So if we, you know, we're going to do a big batch on Saturday morning and we're going to do, um, uh, you know, you've got in your book like 10 meals in an hour and you're writing the shopping list down and you're looking at it and it looks quite expensive. Like, what, what recommendations, what are your thoughts and what can you advise on the whole cost of it? Um, so batching is always going to be cheaper. That's the easiest way to look at it, to be honest. Um, so for example, the 10 meals in an hour mince meals, we make for £37 for the 10 meals. So um, that's £3.70 for a family meal. Um, what you need to think about is if you think about when you're batching, you're conscious of what am I going to make, what am I going, what I need to shop for. Does that make sense? And mm -hmm. um, so just the fact that you're conscious about it, you've written a list, you've went to the shops, you've bought the ingredients specifically for that meal, and you're going to make that meal and then freeze another one. Well, there's a few things here. One, if you are conscious of actually thinking about and doing it, you will automatically save money. Because we've all been around the supermarket when we don't have a list. We've not really thought about what we're cooking for the week and a half. And we're sort of chucking it in. You spend £140, you get home and realise you've got two meals in there. You know, and you're like, oh, okay. So the fact that you're being conscious and thinking about what you're having in the future, writing it down is going to help. Also, one way to talk about that you should double each meal. Quite often when you make a recipe, it's half an onion or it's... Um, you know, half a cabbage or something like that. So doubling your recipe definitely helps because you end up using that other half, the half a tin of tomatoes. So you actually have very little waste. And just quickly to show you my, um, I just show you the concept of this book. All my recipe books have, let me find a good one to show you. One second. I know, I was going through it, I was like, I want to show everyone all these pages, so I'm glad <laughs> we're doing that now. Um, so, for example, if I am making this um, breakfast hash, um, yeah. I could also make this breakfast quiche. So all my recipes are twinned, okay, so they're all paired okay. together. And what that means is these recipes use very similar ingredients that give you two different meals. So a lot of the time you're just you would be buying these ingredients and have half left over and the half is going to make this recipe. So it tells you here, for example, once you've got to this stage, while this is cooking, move over and make this. This will take 10 minutes, that takes 10 minutes to cook. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a way of saving money again. So it really is a cheap way to eat. Yeah. Not kidding you. 
and less time spent in the supermarket or doing you know the the online shopping so what do you what, on your um instagram feed you regularly post post the weekly planner which has been brilliant because we get stuck in a rut, don't we? Like, oh, what can we cook this week? What are we going to do this week? Oh, well, they ate the gnocchi last week. I'm going to do that again this week. Um, and you're brilliant because you put that planner up there and, and help and guide people. Um, and even just looking through the book just gives people inspiration as well. But it's all about the planning, isn't it? And then you can write the shopping list from your meal plans that you've got. Yeah, I mean, I would say for to start your meal planning, um, I spoke about this in the weekend on Instagram, you want to um, head over to your fridge, open your fridge and just see if it gives you any ideas. What have you got left in there that you can make a meal out of? Then um, look in your store cupboards. What have you got in there that you can use? And then look in your freezer. Have you got any meals that you can use for your busy nights ahead? So have a look at your diary. All of a sudden then, before you've even stepped out of the door or thought about a shopping list, You've already looked at what you've got in. The worst thing that a lot of us do is sort of like standing at the school gates at three o'clock in the afternoon and think, what am I going to have for dinner? And actually, you then have to try to remember what's in your fridge, what's in your freezer, what's in your cupboards. And it's an yes. expensive way to shop. So um, I would definitely say sort of do it that way. And um, yeah, do use the meal planners as well. We're about to start bringing out in June um, meal planners that are costed that will tell you exactly how much for those five nights ahead that, that those meals are going to cost you. That's very fancy. I like the idea of that. Okay, I'm going to put you to the test. I'm going to put you to the test, Suzanne. I've got half a can of coconut milk in my fridge. What can I use it for? Oh, I'd make a Thai green curry if you've got any. If I was hoping you were going to say that. Curry yeah. paste, then yeah. you can bung in any frozen veg. Oh, I would also say, especially with people with toddlers, frozen veg, frozen fruit, it's so much cheaper and it's already chopped up for you. So if yeah. you've got a baby on the hip and you're having to think about chopping up a butternut squash, it's cheaper to go and buy a butternut squash that's already chopped up and that's in the frozen aisle already waiting for you. So I would suggest using frozen fruit and veg. It's cheaper, it's more convenient and you always have it in because if you have a drawer full of it in your freezer, then you're yeah. more likely to have it and you don't waste sort of fruit and veg that's lying about. And it's much easier to open a packet of the frozen vegetables than it is to tackle a, a fresh butternut squash with an axe. Yeah. And yeah. um, all right, last couple of questions before you go, because you're a busy lady, batching away. Um, equipment, is there any special equipment? We talked about the bags, but is there anything else that you recommend that would be helpful for us when we're batching? Yeah, so the, so the bags are great. The other thing that I would recommend is um, I use these spoons all the time. Okay, yeah. um, and they're on my website, although it's just an Amazon shop, so I'm not punting them at all. It's just so that people can see them. But I love these because they're measuring spoons, they're cups. So um, you can, all my recipes tell you in um, grams and mils, but they also tell you in cups. So if you're in a hurry, you just need one cup of this, half a cup of that. It's very quick to make the recipe. My background is a time management specialist, so I'm all about saving time. That's what this whole thing is about. Um, I don't, secretly I can tell the people that are watching, I don't particularly like cooking for my family night after night after night. That's why I started Batch Lady, to show how not to do it, and now ironically I write cookery books. But, um, so I would say these are great because you can measure out what you need for the recipe really quick, use it, use it to stir the recipe, 
but more importantly, when you've doubled up, you then use it for portion control. So for example, if we're talking about like say a curry, then one cup is an adult portion, half a cup is a child's portion, okay. a half a cup is a bigger child's portion, and you've got a baby portion. So you can then portion out exactly what you need for your family. So you might find that, say, my recipes cover a family of four. They're quite large portions. You might find that if you've, you're two adults and three small children, you only need that same recipe. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Well, we could talk about batching all afternoon, but I'm conscious we've been chatting away for a good half an hour here. So tell us, where do we find you? Where do we find your books, equipment? Tell us everything. Okay, very easy. I am at The Batch Lady on Facebook. I'm at The Batch Lady on Instagram. I'm at The Batch Lady on YouTube. The same on Twitter. So I am at The Batch Lady on all of it. You will find me. Um, books you will find on Amazon is the best place to get them, especially if you're Prime because it's free delivery. Um, this one is on special offer at the moment at eight pounds i think and this one's about 13 pounds they're usually 20 pounds each and there is a little meal planner guide as well that's a guide for you to fill in yourself if you okay. want to have like your freezer what's in your freezer what meal plans you've got going on that sort of thing um and um yeah you'll get them on amazon but yeah do come and follow me and i shall make sure to give you a shout out on my page as well for anybody with babies that don't sleep <laughs> There's quite a lot of them out there. <laughs> Thank you so much, Suzanne. I really, really love chatting with you today. We come back again another day and maybe we could do something in the summer. We could do maybe like a garden party batching special or something like that. Yeah, anytime. I would love to. Sounds fantastic. Have okay. a great day, everybody. Good luck with your babies. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Suzanne. I'll chat to you soon. Bye. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please see the show notes for all the links mentioned and don't forget to subscribe, share, rate and review and come follow me over on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a topic you would like me to cover, drop me an email at rachel at rachelwilsonsleepconsultant.com. See you next time.